What's up, everybody? Brian with the Herfcast. Uh, that track there, uh, that is the intro to All My Friends Are Nobodies from the new Zebrahead album that's going to be out March 8th. Uh, the new album is called Brain Invaders. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because my guest for this episode is Dan Palmer. He is the guitarist for Zebrahead. So, it was a very awesome experience for me to sit here and talk to the guitarist of one of my favorite bands um, and just hang out, bullshit, and get to know him a little bit and learn about you know what it's like to be in four, five different projects at one time and doing the world travel and all that, so... It was a really awesome conversation. I loved it. Uh, we did drop a couple of times, so there are a couple of quick edits. But whatever. It is what it is. You'll have that when uh, when doing video chat for a podcast. So anyway, I, I think Dan had a good time. I definitely had a good time. It was awesome talking to him. Um, I learned a little bit about you know that lifestyle. And you know he's just a really interesting dude. He's in Zebrahead. He's in a band called Death by Stereo. He also does a, he's in a Slayer cover band and a female vocal uh, Misfits and Danzig cover band as well. So he's a busy dude. Um, And he took some time out to sit here and bullshit with me while we smoked a couple of Oliva cigars. And, you know, I drank some booze. He drank some coffee. Uh, Just listen. You'll, You'll hear it all. So as always, don't forget to check out flatbedcigarcompany.com uh, check them out he's got a lot of different blends if you're just starting if you're if you've been in the game for a while whatever um, check them out go to flatbedcigarcompany.com you could click the link on my webpage page theherfcast.com uh, there's a link at the top of the page for that and if you use the coupon code hc25 hector charlie 25 that's going to give you 25 percent off of your first order if you sign up for the email he's going to give you deals all the time so check out flatbedcigarcompany.com and enjoy the show what'd you light up there uh just lit up a oliva uh, connecticut all right yeah let's get I just uh, um, ordered a pack of uh, 20 Olivas. It was a deal on oldcigars.com, and I got like, uh, 20 of them, like 50 bucks. Yeah, that's always good. That's I yeah. wasn't able to get to the shop myself. I don't have any Olivias uh, or Olivas on hand. Um, okay. So I had my, my wife stop on the way home from work, so I got I got a G Maduro and a Milano. So. Oh, nice. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Melania. And that's the Maduro as well. You know, what was that? The uh, Oliva Milano. Oh, nice. There you go. So. <laughs> All right, man. I can't tell you how fucking excited I am that yeah. I get to sit here and talk to you. So. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Where now, was he located? 
I'm I'm outside of Chicago um, okay, cool. in Griffith, Indiana. I believe it was the last show of that tour. 2015 we did that? Uh, 14. Mm. That was a while ago. We didn't come back to that area. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I know. We're trying to figure out like what touring-wise. Then we go, do record coming out? I forgot like what areas to go to and like maybe a few flying dates. Like probably if we fly out that area, probably like Chicago, Milwaukee, and Detroit. I think. So we're trying to play, trying to do plan like weekend trips for different areas, you know, rather than doing a full U.S. tour. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. Um, that's, I mean, that's that's all. So like, I I get it. I don't know if uh, too many other people get it uh, as far as your fans across the states. Um, yeah, but, they complain. They think like we're the biggest dicks in the world because we don't tour the states much. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, you guys, you guys are so big across the pond and uh, uh, in Japan and everything else. Now, is this going to be your first tour out in Australia? No, this is our uh, fourth tour in Australia. Oh, all right. We've done this festival called Soundwave twice. Soundwave's kind of this huge festival tour, and uh, like last time we played it was with. Uh, Green Day, it's like a finished sevenfolds, um, like Alice in Chains, like enormous, tons of huge bands. Like, uh, even uh, Black Label Society played, and, uh, Rob Zombie. God, there's a ton of bands on that tour. Sugar, there was Hell, uh, Hell Yeah played, uh, War, God. Um, I can't remember what, who else played that. Let's see. Um, Eagles of Death Metal played, uh, The Living End. It was cool. It was a great tour. And so this is our first headliner tour of Australia. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah. First headliner. Which will be fun. I mean, we haven't toured Australia in, I think, five years, four years or so. Yeah. So it's been, been far too long. Yeah. So we need to get back there. A lot of places we need to go. We haven't been in a long time. So Germany, like every other week, but you know, we do neglect all these other places. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey man, uh, go, go where it's going to be the most profitable for you. You know? Yeah. I mean, some places are better than others. It just, we, we tend to get more offers and opportunities in Japan and Europe. And that's mainly why we go. So why everybody's pissed off at us. It's like, we don't get offered much stuff in the U S you know what I mean? Like we, it's like, we get any of these, we don't get Riot Fest, we don't get like Death Fest, or, you know, we, do, we don't get on any, any of these things. We don't get offered these things. So we don't get to play a lot of these different uh, festivals. So, we want. so, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I have to make sure I got like half my face there. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, now, when you're touring with Zebrahead, are you also doing stuff with Death by Stereo as well, or is that just kind of completely separate? Um, I my schedule is a mess, so I have to juggle both bands. So when I uh, when I have time off from Seabread, I go up with Death by Stereo. I also tour with um, Billy from Biohazard sometimes too. Um, Billy from Biohazard is a solo record that just came out called it's under the moniker of Billy Bio, and it's called the record's called Feed the Fire, and I play guitar solos on this record. So we just do an East Coast tour. We're going to do a West Coast tour in a couple weeks. All right. So that should be. All right. Well, let's let's do this. Um, I mean, I the, all I knew about you before we started talking on Instagram was Zebrahead. Uh, I know you joined in what 2013, 
So yeah, but I started touring with them in 2010. Okay, so so how how about a rundown of all the different projects that you're in? Because it seems like you've <laughs> just got a, a hell of a handful going on. I do, yeah. I, I tend to play with a, uh, I play with a lot of different people, which is um, a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> so I got Zebrahead, I have Death by Stereo, I play with Billy Bio. Um, I also play in a Danzig Misfits tribute band as a female singer called Dirty Black Summer. I also play in a Slayer tribute band called Die by the Sword, which is fun. And uh, yeah, um, and I, I tend to uh, record a lot of different people too. I just recently I um, met up with Ryan Green. He's a producer. He's in every from like No Facts, Live Wagon, um, to Usher. He's working. He's doing the temp, new Tempo Pole record. So I went there the other day and I did some guitar solos on that. And I'm going to see him actually tomorrow. Yeah. No. We're not see him Saturday. I'm going to do some more solos for that record too. So when I can, I, tr- I try to record on new projects when, you can, when I have the time. So I like to stay busy. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Uh, when did you move over from England? Speaking of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, nice mug. <clears throat> of course. <clears throat> My mom got me that, that mug. <clears throat> I moved from England when I was seven, and uh, we moved to Minnesota. I lived in, I lived in uh, the Twin Cities for a couple of years. Right. And we moved to Minnesota in December. Now, people quite realize... Uh, the weather in Minnesota in December is brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it was like, it, it's kind of like Minnesota light where I'm at. You know, uh, yeah. You know, Chicago mm-hmm. weather. It it is what it is. But yeah, Minnesota is yeah. definitely a lot bru- more brutal in the winter. Yeah, that's I yeah. I was I was kind of wondering. It's like, man, I I hope uh, I hope he doesn't have a super thick accent or something, so we don't have like a any miscommunications but yeah i was i was pretty surprised there's pretty much no accent yeah, like, whatsoever yeah i got picked on a lot when i was a kid so i really worked on getting getting rid of my accent no yeah. i got tired of getting my ass kicked when i was younger <laughs> <laughs> so. all right so uh cigars uh how long have you been smoking yeah. cigars i've been smoking cigars for uh, probably 20 years or so yeah i was always casual with them i've gotten a lot more into them the older i've gotten so I usually smoke like probably, I don't know, probably five, five days a week of a cigar. Not every single day, <clears throat> but it all depends. If I get a shipment of cigars in, like I just did, I'll, uh, I tend to smoke a lot more. Like last night I, threw, I smoked three cigars and my buddy was over and we were drinking. So and we, had, we had like three cigars each. No. That's, that's what I really like about ordering a bunch of them. Like I just ordered 20, like I mentioned earlier. It's like, oh, yeah. When you order a bolt, I get my cigars for two dollars and fifty cents a stick. Yeah, you know, mostly like if I go to the cigar lounge, which is one in Fullerton called Eight Eighty Eight. It's in downtown Fullerton, and it's an awesome cigar lounge. <clears throat> they have booze and like it's like a it's kind of like a private club. I've been going there for a few years, and like a, th- this stick right here, this Libra right here, bottle would go for I'd be like a seventeen dollars stick most likely. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I buy the bulk or I get, like, deals and pulls or um, Cigars International, and I'll take my own cigars in there. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I've got, like, 20 of them, so it's, it's all smoke a few each, you know? Yeah, no yeah. Big... No, that's, I mean, I, I I was actually just talking with the last guy I had on. Um, you know, I, I order some cheap ones from Cigar Page. Uh, they're, yeah. they're just called Nicaraguan Overruns, but 
a bundle of 20 it ends up being like a buck 87 a stick or something which is is nice when you know i'm i'm smoking two or three a day and yeah. you know if they all cost 10 bucks or more you know that gets pretty expensive so uh yeah you know you got to have that, that cheap option so yeah i mean that kind of price you do like 30 bucks a day you know you might as well start uh getting into some hard drugs or something yeah <laughs> yeah really so it's expensive drug habit. well not expensive but you know what i mean it's starting to get up there oh yeah yeah so uh, I guess speaking of that, uh, being being the lifestyle that you have, have you ever had yeah. any troubles with any of that? No, I've never had any addiction problems or anything. I mean, I do like to drink. Um, I mean, I'll smoke some pot once in a while. I'm not really big into drugs. Um, but it's mainly I just drink a lot. I mean, it's mainly, you know, social as- aspect of out of anything. Like, I never let um, any of that stuff affect me. Like, I don't get – I used to get drunk before I play sometimes, and I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. So I, I'll have a couple drinks before I play, and then uh, I'll drink after the show. Yeah, save, it, save it for afterwards. Yeah, just I want to play the best I possibly can. Like, you know, no one who comes to see any of the bands I play in cares if I'm drunk or not. But they care if I play badly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the problem with, like, the whole rock and roll life. So a lot of people, like, <clears throat> they'll get fucked up for the play. And, like, dude, you, you, you sound terrible. You know, but they're like, oh, it's a party. We got three booze and a case of beer and a bottle of whiskey. Let's get fucked up. And, like. Well, nobody in the crowd knows what the hell you're doing before the show. They're, they hear you and like, oh, yeah, you, you sound crappy, you know. And that's it's not fair to anybody who's going to pay any kind of money to come see you play. Yeah, yeah, and plus, I mean, that's got to that's got to be rough on the body, you know, doing it day in and day out. If you're on tour and and getting hammered every day, you know, living that party yeah. lifestyle all the time. So that's, it, it does catch. I mean, I used to have I used to have a. I, you know, I guess I still do never goes away or anything, but, uh, I, I kind of, uh, saved myself from, from alcohol. Um, you know, like 2006, I realized I had a problem and I caught it before it got too bad, cleaned my shit up. And, uh, you know, now I could enjoy responsibly, you know, like, um, you know, like you don't, you don't let any of that kind of stuff like over, over run your life. You know what I mean? That's not a good time. Yeah. You have to like up and start drinking or and start doing whatever drug or whatever you're doing. That's not fun anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, like I only drink, like if I got some, got some friends over or something, I usually you know, I hardly ever drink by myself. Once in a while, I'll go to a bar by myself, but it's still the people around. Yeah. I don't wait. Yeah. I'm going to knock back a six pack by myself. You know, I just, just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's not fun to me. So. <clears throat> Um. Now, do you smoke a lot of cigars when you're cigars when you're on tour, or is that pretty much just a leisure activity while you're home? Um, I'll smoke sometimes on on tour. Um, usually, I try and take my take a pack of sticks when I go out. And if I do that, then I'll smoke a lot more. But you know, trying to buy cigars on tour is sometimes super expensive, and it's hard to find a place to buy cigars. Yeah, yeah. You know, the last tour I did was I was out with uh, Billy Bio. We did an East Coast tour. And um, we went to Canada, so I bought a couple of Cubans, <clears throat> and um, which was great. But the so, I mean, you think the tobacco tax is bad here in California? The tobacco tax is super expensive. Fucking Canada! Oh my god! Yeah, Canada is somewhere around like sixty percent or something like that. It's it's horrible. Yeah, it was insane. Like I, I kind of went with my buddy, and he smokes as well, um, and it's like thirty or forty bucks a stick. Fuck. So I bought a couple, and you know when you're on tour, that 
you know, 70 bucks on tour sometimes is like, that's like a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to be eating, eating that much, but I got a couple of nice cigars. This <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what about like overseas? Uh, I imagine it can, you know, kind of the same problem, but on a different scale. Um, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to be overseas for a while, do you, do you take a care package with you or, um, is it not, not a big worry? I try to. I mean, I always try to take a few, few sticks with me, depending on how long the tour is. <clears throat> and I'll hit up different cigar places uh, when I'm on tour. And that's kind of a fun adventure as well. Like, oh, cool. It's a cool, like, cigar lounge or whatever, or, you know, place to buy some cool sticks. So, I mean, I, that's always a fun adventure. But I'm, I'm the only one on, on the tours that uh, ever smoked cigars for the most part. I mean, I had a friend who I would smoke with on the Billy Bio tour, the Guitar Tech. Um, Nick, my buddy Nick, um, he, like he, he, he was with Biohazard for years, so he's like one of Billy's best friends. And he and I would get together, we'd have you know, a couple of drinks, drink a little scotch at night, and uh, you know, smoke late at night, which was great to have somebody to do that with. Yeah. For the most part, like with Death by Sarah, Z Red, like, like nobody does smoke cigars but me. Yeah. So I'll usually like be on my own smoking. And, yeah, and that's I, you know when when you're with the rest of the band and you're the only one doing it, then you know you're kind of off by yourself. You know, I, I could see yeah. how you know it's not it's not going to be a, a priority or anything for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just looked it up. the The cigar tax in Canada is ninety point five percent up to ninety ninety point five percent up to seven dollar cap. It's so, fucking insane. Yeah, it is. It is. So. Um, well, I'll tell you what, man, like it, you know, if, and when you guys, uh, end up coming back to Chicago, uh, I would be, you know, more than happy to, you know, get together and have a cigar with you, uh, in person for sure. Um, I would love it. you know, that's, I, you know, I, I've mentioned it a few times about like, you know, doing this, like I, I don't have a very big audience like i you know i think i average about 50 downloads or something so it's nothing big but i just love the hobby of it and you know it makes stuff like this happen like i get to talk to you know the lead guitarist of one of my favorite bands of all time so that's awesome like you know that makes it worthwhile in every way so you know it's kind of cool for me too like i'm i've been doing um we've been all doing a a lot of rest for this because we have a new uh, zebra has a new record coming out and uh most of the podcasts like, oh, it's all music-based, and this is kind of cool to do. Oh, it's like kind of like a cigar sh- kind of themed show. You know yeah, mean? yeah. That's just pretty rare. You know, cigars and bullshit, you know? That's that's yeah, all it is. All. So, um, now, I just watched the uh, the Studio Diaries. Uh, you guys have three episodes of that so far. Are you guys doing more of those? Are you going to have your own, or uh you guys going to go through everybody? Yeah, so far we've done Ed. We've had two, uh, we had uh, three episodes, I think, so far. Yeah. Almost kind of then we had Ed, our drummer, how, what his experience was like was in the studio. We had Ben in the studio, and we're going to go through each individual member through all the episodes of the studio. studio yeah, that's kind of what I figured it was going to be. Um, yeah. So uh, all leading up to the album release, or? Yeah. Awesome. Which is, this thing's been kind of difficult because it's uh we've been besides japan we're putting out the record on our by, by ourselves so it's self-release so we're doing all the work ourselves which is i mean 
it's cool because we have full control over everything. Like, like hey, we want to focus on this market. And, like, we've been hiring our own publicists out of our own pocket and stuff. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. We're our own label, you know? Yeah, that's. I think the only the only question that I had prepared beforehand was, you know, about that being on being, you know, creating your own uh, project was like how much extra work does that put on you guys to, uh, you know, just to get the content out there? Like, is it is it maddening? Is it is it worth it? Uh, you know, how, um, how much of an extra headache is it basically? You know, it's it seems like an extra headache, but then again, it's like. It's more fulfilling because it's it's like well we're we're doing this for our own record you know what I mean this is all it's it's not that you know we don't mind extra work because it's like well we're completely invested in putting out a record so we're you know we want to work harder because we want the record to do well we want people to uh, be able to check it out and access it and honestly we've had such a great response doing it just it's been great um well that's. You know, so how how this how this got started between me and Dan was, I noticed, you know, uh, one of the ads with the, with the new album was, you know, you guys, you know, on Instagram, you mentioned that it was the first album being released by you guys, not through a record company. So that's that prompted me. It's like, well, if you guys are releasing it, then, you know, you don't have to go through a record company or anybody to get permission to use the music. You know, it's it's all up to you guys. Um, so that's that's why you know reached out and you know hey uh, what are the chances of me being able to use something off the new album uh, so that that's how we ended up started talking and that's how we ended up here but yeah uh, so yeah I was definitely excited for more than one reason that you guys were doing it on your own um, you know definitely super excited that you actually responded about it so oh yeah sure um, you know like I said I was intrigued like oh it's cigar-based podcast, you know, yeah, hell yeah, I want to do that. You know, like, it's not like I wouldn't do a lot of different podcasts. I mean, we pretty much, because we are doing our own, like, okay, well, we try and do every, like, even all the big stuff, like, we do everything from, like, you know, um, the Kerrang! Radio, to, which is, like, big radio um, uh, station in England, to doing different podcasts, even with podcasts, like, maybe people haven't heard of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I mean, the more people you, get the word out to this is this is part of you know promoting the record you know like whether it's like 50 or you know fifty thousand people or whatever it's still it's still important yeah and that's um you know if you if you do nothing but reach out to your fans and nobody else then your your fan base yeah. isn't going to grow you know uh so yeah well, definitely doing the fans some... already know. what's that uh, the fans already know about it you yeah know exactly I mean? exactly so yeah. you know getting that, that cross platform with, with other groups is, you know, definitely key. Um, especially right. when you're, when you're putting it out on your own instead of, uh, relying on a record label to, to do all the promotion right. and everything. You need to like, we, you know, we've had this record finished for over a year and we were like, we were talking to different labels <clears throat> about putting it out. We were supposed to have this out last summer. <clears throat> it was supposed to come out. Like, I think it was supposed to come out in August. Like that was, Hopefully more of the goal, but it just took so long like, trying to figure out, okay, who's going to put it out, who's going to do this, you know what I mean? Like, And it got to a point where, like, fuck, I mean, all the, we, we entertained a few cool uh, options, a few cool um, offers on, you know, putting out the record. But then again, it just, none of them felt like, oh, this is this is amazing, this is a slam dunk. So we got to the point where, like, fuck, what if we just did this on, 
you know? Like, how hard would it be to get our own distributors or to even get our own press? Like, we, we already have relationships with all these people just from doing this for so long. So then again, it's like, why don't we just hire out of pocket? I know it's, it gets expensive, but, like, fuck it. Like, it, you know, um, at least we know if it's, it's in our own hands. If it's fucked up, it's our own fault. We yeah. can be like, you know, so many, so many bands, like, want to fuck the label, didn't do this, didn't do that. I mean, nowadays, with... Um, everything's I mean, a lot of things is streaming with the internet and everything. Like you, you can reach out to everybody. You can, you can do this on your own. Yeah, you can make those ships, and you can you just gotta work at it. You know, you may not do the best job at it, but even if you do like a, a mediocre job, it still might for us it might be a better job than having somebody else do it do a mediocre job. You know, <clears throat> and no one's gonna care. <clears throat> excuse me about a record as much as we do. I mean, no one's gonna yeah. Wanna, Method as much as like, I mean, why would any label want to devote everything to just you? They have other bands, they got stuff to do. I mean, there's no labels can be so focused just on your band. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they want to make money too, but um, you know, it with you know, I, I could only assume that if if your heart is behind the project, you're definitely going to try harder. Whereas anyone from the label, you know, their their heart's not going to be in it as much as you guys have it. You know. Right, so. uh, and the band, you know, they care, but they're never going to care as any one of us. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that just goes with any label and any band that you play in. <clears throat> and it, it, you mean even from being on huge labels to small independent labels and all the different labels that you know different projects have played on. You, know, you always feel like, oh well, I wish they would have done this. That, you know, then yes, like well, you know, they've got other shit to do. Maybe your band's not. Big enough to warrant, you know, we're not in Green Day, where whatever label you're on is going to be, okay, well, this is fucking Green Day. We're going to put everything into this, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a tough business, but it's, you know, it's 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 fun doing it on our own. Because <clears throat> we're reaching out to different publicists, I'm, like, you know, I've got different friends in, like, South America, calling them up or, or messaging them, hey, man, well, you know, who's the publicist you use for that area? So, we've been, like, working on different territories that... You know, show interest in the band. So, like, um, we've got a guy in Brazil we're working with, trying to do a good deal with a guy in Argentina. You know, just different people here and there to make this happen, which is you know, a cool thing. And maybe a label wouldn't want to put time and effort to focus on markets like that because for them, it's not a huge, you know, record selling market. Yeah. But for us, it's like if we can get the word out there, we'd hope to go tour there, you know, because that's, that's where you're going to make. It, most of your money, anyways, and that's the ultimately ultimately the goal is to be able to go tour these places and have people show up. So, uh, I, I don't know if it's a loaded question or not, but where where is your favorite place to go tour so far? <clears throat> I'm sorry, what city are you playing? Are you in right now in Indiana? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> but. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, where's this publication from or whatever? Yeah, that's exactly our favorite place to play. Yeah, know? no, that's, I mean, I, I could only imagine that it's got to be uh, in Europe or Japan. Um, I mean, just just the pictures that I see from those shows, it just looks like a fucking wild good time. You know, it's, um, I'll say, I think my, our, my favorite place personally is, is Japan. <clears throat> I mean, it's a good market for us. It's such a beautiful place. We have great shows. And it's one of those places where we never... We're not like there for a month, so you never get burnt out on it. Like every Japan trip, it's like, fuck, we gotta leave already. Like, I mean, 
um, one of the last times we played, we played uh, Warp Tour Japan, and we were honestly we flew in on a Friday, we played Saturday night, and then we flew home Sunday. Oh, that's brutal! Which is crazy. Yeah, it is brutal. And so, I was just like, fuck, we barely had time for dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so how long of a flight is that from from California to Japan? Um, I think it's like thirteen hours. Yeah. And usually, uh, we'll fly up to San Francisco and fly over from there. Or sometimes we get a direct flight from LA. It's it's around thirteen hours. Yeah. So. So it's it means a pretty brutal flight, but you know it's it, it's we get there. We usually kind of we're wrecked and we're tired, but usually when I get there, um, I get I'm just excited to be there. So I I tend to just stay awake and you know, I'm like, oh, I'll just soak this in. Like I don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. Like, you know, and there's no good story like, oh, hey, man, what you doing, Japan? Well, I had a really good night's sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a, a different way to look at it, you know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, especially on such a short trip. So, um, yeah. Like, have, have you done much, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm assuming not all the trips are that short. So have you done any uh, any any good sightseeing while while over there or no? Yeah, you know, I always, you know, I love being like playing tours when I go on tour. So um, I always go sightseeing any chance I can. Um, on the, you know, one of the, wasn't this last tour, but the tour before, I actually, we, we did a zebra, we played this festival called Punk Spring, um, which was a, um, a couple couple shows in uh, Osaka and Tokyo. And then I just stayed in Japan. Dead by Stereo flew in and we did a, <clears throat> like a, eight day tour or whatever. So that was fun. I was excited. I got to stay in Japan for like a week and a half. Oh, that's and cool. I back to tour, which is really cool. And it's, man, it's, it's different because, uh, like with Zebra, we, we have certain markets we always tend to play, but with Death by Stereo, since it's, it's a, we're a smaller band there, we, we tend to be able to play smaller cities because like, you know, it's like, oh, well we can go play Kyoto or whatever because it's not going to affect our other shows as much because every show is small. You know? Yeah. So, um, Kyoto is one of my favorite places to go in Japan. It's, I mean, you have like a lot of shrines, temples. You know, I even went to um, a monkey park, which was amazing. <clears throat> I mean, you go there, you feed monkeys, and they run around everywhere. You cruise around with monkeys running around. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I could definitely imagine. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, you mentioned scotch earlier. Um, is that is that what you prefer to drink while while smoking a cigar, or uh, where do you usually end up with on that scale? I usually end up just drinking whiskey. I, mean, I, I like drinking Jameson a lot, but you know sometimes I'll, I like a, a glass of scotch as well. <clears throat> you know, I'll do like you know basics like a Glenfiddich or Glenlivet or something like that. Yeah, um, that's it was really good. You know, I, I when I uh, get when I'm smoking, I like to. When, it, when the cigar like gets down to like you know how when it gets hot it gets super strong down at the bottom yeah yeah um, I like to kind of like to dip um, dip the tip of it in natural scotch okay it's like it's it's kind of a nice little flavor and little taste to it all right yeah I'll have to I'll have to give that a try sometime uh, not tonight tonight I'm drinking um, Hop Slam which is a, a a double IPA so oh nice. It's, uh, I mean, I usually end up drinking beer. I I smoke cigars with my. I have a friend of mine named Justin. He does a um, he does a thing called Beer Punks, and he's like it's like a punk rock based uh, um, 
like a beer critic kind of thing. Yeah. So he's a super beer expert. So he gets all these different kinds of beers. So he and I will get together. He's like, hey, I got this new beer, so let's try this out. So we'll get beers and smoke. And he's like my cigar buddy, you know? Yeah. So, so that's a good time. Oh, there's a uh, there's a brewery. Um, I don't know if you ever. I, yeah, you guys. Well, I'm not sure if you were with them or not when uh, uh, they did when Zebrahead did Warp Tour in Tinley Park, Illinois. It's it's outside outside of Chicago. Um, okay. I I can't remember what year it was. It was it was forever ago. Um, but uh, there's a there's a new brew. Well, not new anymore. But there's a brewery in Tinley Park that is like all all punk based. Um, and they've got some decent beers, but, you know, like I said, everything is, uh, punk relayed punk with a little bit of, uh, like wrestling thrown in. Um, oh, cool. so, uh, that's, that's definitely a place to, to check out, you know, if, uh, if you're ever, uh, if you've ever got time while you're in the area anyway. That's one thing is we don't, we never seem to have enough on the tour, but when I can, I usually like to. I like to check out different breweries, you know, or um, <clears throat> I like to even go on like liquor tours. Like when we played Dublin, uh, that was a great day. I had a day off in Dublin, and uh, I started off at the Guinness factory. You know, made, made a tour there, learned how to properly pour Guinness and all that. And then later on, uh, we went to the Jameson factory. Yeah, and that was fucking awesome. Oh, I could imagine. That's, yeah, it was great. You know, that's I I can't I can't really drink Jameson anymore. Like when I was. Uh, you know, in my in my younger drinking days, uh, it was shot after shot after shot after shot, and yeah. uh, pretty much any Irish whiskey. I have a I have a hard time with. Um, I did try some Redbreast uh, a couple months ago, and I, I was able to tolerate that. Uh, so I think I think my I think my body is willing to accept a little bit of Irish whiskey again. But um, yeah, you know that's it, it. It it did take me a while to get into. Like scotches and bourbons as well, but now now it's a lot of scotch, a lot of bourbon, uh, more bourbon than anything right. really. Um, okay. What's, and what's one of your favorite? I'm sorry. What's one of your favorite bourbons? Uh, Woodford Reserve is definitely a a go to. Um, that's I actually just picked up another bottle of that uh, at Costco today. Um, nice. I'm trying to think, uh, Weller. Weller's uh, pretty good. I really can't find Weller too often. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, every once in a while I'll pick up, uh, like, Larceny. Larceny's like 94 proof, so that one, you know, you could you could water that one down a little bit and be all right. Yeah. But that's, those, those are pretty much the staples. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Woodford is definitely a staple in my cabinet. Um, yeah. You know, Weller, Weller when I could find it. Uh, yeah. You know, if I if I had um, you know more more means to acquire it, uh, Blanton's would definitely be a staple. But that okay. that's another one where I could, you know, you could yeah. never find it, and it's 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 in a in a higher price bracket. So right, yeah. Some of those, some of those like finer whiskeys and bourbons, like you know, it's kind of a pretty penny. But like, when you get a glass of like a good, you know, like a, an expensive Scotch or bourbon, and it's just <laughs> It's pretty, yeah, it's cool, you know, especially with a cigar, um, yeah, they sure. they just they just go so damn well together, and <clears throat> yeah, I'm not gonna sit around. 
But for the most part, I don't usually sit around and drink like Jack Daniels when I'm smoking a cigar. Yeah, that's. I mean, i I do have I do have a bottle of Crown uh, and a bottle of Jim Beam Black. Um, yeah, you know, so I I do have some some lower end stuff, uh, but that's you know got to got to have something for for the everyday uh, instead of all all higher end stuff, you know. Right. Exactly. I mean, sometimes I'll I'll even I'll buy a bottle of like Canadian Club or Seagram Seven. You make it so cheap, you know, like a one one point one seven five liter or whatever for like seventeen bucks. Yeah, and yeah. It's not that bad, but it's just like you know we got a few friends coming over. Like you know, I'd rather have more whiskey of like maybe a little bit cheaper stuff than you know you blow through like an expensive bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's oh. I I've got a friend that uh that only likes to take shots. And he likes to go for the for the higher end bottles to take a shot of it. So whenever yeah. I know whenever I know he's coming by, I take most everything that I have, hide it, and I keep the bottle of Crown out, and I keep the bottle of uh, uh, the the Kirkland brand, the Costco brand of uh, like blended Scotch out, and yeah. you know the the Beam. Uh, I'll, I'll keep those in 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 the line of sight so that. Uh, you know, he doesn't worry about looking for anything else. So right, had the good stuff in the, in the lower cabin somewhere or something, right? Yeah, because that's. I mean, I I don't I I don't do shots. Uh, I used to do yeah. too many of them, uh, so I swore yeah. off doing shots. And it's it's very 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 rare occasion that I'll do a shot, and that's usually with a group, and I kind of get forced into it or whatever, you know. Right. So, but yeah, I I'm definitely more into actually enjoying it than just sucking it down. I just think it's good, like, to even do a shot of, like, really expensive whiskey. You know what I mean? Just, like, yeah. it's, like, they, or scotch or whatever. It's, like, you know, why do you want to get through that so quickly? You know what I mean? Take your time with it. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, I have done a shot. The only time I ever tried Blue Label, I did a shot of Blue Label. Um, mm-hmm. And that was only because, you know, again, a, a different friend of mine got a bottle because it was his dad's favorite. And after right. his dad passed, he wanted to, you know, have the friends over, and everyone did a shot of the blue label in, in honor of his dad. Um, right. You know, so that's the only reason it was in shot form. Um, but, yeah, that's the only time that I've ever taken anything uh, of high value down down as a shot. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's even sounds weird to do a shot of blue label. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A $250 bottle of scotch. <laughs> you know, blast through doing a shot of that stuff. You know, that's something you like. You want to savor it a lot more. Do you have a, a favorite cigar, or uh, do you just kind of stick with what you know? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I have a few different ones I like to smoke. It all depends on kind of movement. I like to do like a you know lighter blend usually during the day, but like late at night, I like to you know I like to maybe do a smoke of a hero or something. Like oh yeah, a Puerto Monacano or something. Yeah, when I've had a few drinks, the darker, darker sticks tend to be the ones I like to go to. Yeah, I know. Uh, when when we talked a little bit uh, through the messages, I know you mentioned LFDs, and the the LFD Lajeros and double Lajeros, like those are, you know, like you said, at, at night or or with with a with a stiff drink, oh. that's that's damn near perfect. Yeah, it's just some of it's. Like you have said, like you have a few drinks, you know what I mean? You get a nice uh, LFD, like Lajero, like you said, or even a double Lajero if you want to go that route. It just 
especially when you get down to the bottom of it, it's like, oh man, you, get, you know, you get a, such a good flavor. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, that's, I think it wasn't I mean, too. Recently, I just, I just had a dumb. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you, you just recently had a what? I had a diamond crown uh, Julius Caesar. Oh, there you go. And uh, that was a great. Uh, my buddy is my buddy. I mentioned uh, the beer punks guy, Justin. Um, he uh, he, had, he had a couple of those. So, hey man, I got a couple of these diamond crowns. Let's get together and smoke. I'm like, oh, that was a, that's a great smoke. Yeah, and that's yeah. a pricey cigar too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he came across a couple of those. So yeah, um, hell yeah, I'll, I'll make some time for that one for sure. So uh, I think not too long ago on your on your personal Instagram, I think it was, you posted the uh, you you had a boulevard. Oh yeah, that that one I actually got from Canada. Yeah. So what what did you think of the boulevard? I mean, it, it was it was a great it was a great smoke. It just I mean, like I mentioned, like guard tax is is expensive. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, but sometimes when you spend so much money, like oh, fuck, I'm spending. 40 bucks to, you know, for an hour's cigar, like a one cigar. You know what I yeah. Mean? It's, yeah. And it's like, that's more of one of those things. That's why I actually posted like, okay, this is kind of like a special occasion. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to you know, piss that away. On, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I like those. That's, that's one of my, um, one of my preferred Cubans is the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Boulevard brand. They've got some good stuff. So no, they're great. Um, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard. Like I know everybody always talks about the Cahibas, but it's it's crazy how many of those are are fake. Oh yeah, bootleg. Yeah, like crazy. Like I'll, I'll even be in like a. I remember going to this really kind of a fancy um, cigar shop in I think it was in uh, Munich, Germany, and I went. I checked them out. You know, like with those labels, if they're ridged, that's kind of how you can kind of tell. Yeah, you know? and even in that nice like, fancy cigar shop. Where they can get legal Cubans. I mean, I, I checked it out. I'm like, fuck, even that, even there, it was, you know, it was like it was, it was a food, like, you know? Yeah. And it's like, fuck. And they're just selling it like, it, like it's the real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can kind of tell the real thing for sure. Yeah, there's, there's definitely plenty of different ways to tell. Um, yeah. I don't, one, of, one of my favorite fake Cuban stories is uh, a buddy of mine uh, had, like, somebody from work gave him a few, uh, you know, Cohibas in air quotes. Um, yeah. that he got while he was on vacation and gave him to my buddy and he came by my house. He said, you know, it, he had like three or four of them in a Ziploc bag and he handed them to yeah. me. And, you know, before I even grabbed the bag, I was like, oh, they're fake as hell. <laughs> you know? Um, you yeah, know, the, the, the band was too big for the cigar and the band actually wrapped itself around the A. So it was, it just said Cohib instead of Cohiba. Um, you know, just the, the, yeah. it was, it was cockeyed. It was, you know, just horrible. So we, <laughs> So we dissected it. We we cut it open, and the shit that was yeah. inside that cigar was just disgusting. It was, you know, there was like lint. There were sticks. Uh, just, um, you oh know, what what you could what you could barely even consider to be tobacco. You know, it was it was right. it was funny. It was, it was it was fun to cut it open and and just see what was inside. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that everybody always talks about. Oh, the cute. Anytime I can bring up smoking cigars, everybody, everybody always asks. Oh, so you smoke Cubans and that. It always like seems to be, oh, the holy grail of all cigars is the Cuban. And for the most part, like I mean, different Cubans have smoked. They're good, but I mean, I mean, I, I think a lot of like you know, um, 
like Nicaraguans or you know different. Exactly. <clears throat> Mixed stores are they're just as good and sometimes better. I prefer them more so. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you, it's, just, it's almost like you pay money and like you. It's a problem with the Cubans. They they boot like so much from like you like you the story you mentioned with your buddy, and it's like you go to even when you're traveling, it's like they get these tourists. They know like especially if you're an American tourist. They know damn well you can't get Cubans. So, yeah. Oh, well, well, hey, we got Cubans for you. And like, if you don't know what the hell you're getting, you think, oh, cool, I'm getting a Cuban. So you get home and like, it's almost like, a, hey, I've got a Cuban cigar for you, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, like you said, uh, you know, Cuban is a Cuban is a Cuban. Uh, you know, there's definitely some that are better than others, but with the different combinations and everything you get from all the other countries, Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican, you know, uh, Ecuador, uh, you know, there's just so many different flavor profiles that you could find outside of Cuba. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know, from from what I've, I've experienced is, like, cigars that I've smoked from Cuba that were, like, actually rolled at the farm, uh, yeah. you know, on site, uh, which I've never been personally, uh, but I've had a friend uh, bring me back a few on a couple of occasions, and... One like they're they are the most beautiful cigars that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and you know definitely just a, a it's it's completely different than uh, what uh, Cohiba or Bolivar or Partagas uh, is, is going to be. Um, they're they're definitely you know just like like works of art, you know, because uh, getting them from the farm, uh, it's it's their own. Because the the farmers in Cuba only get to take keep ten percent of their crop, so okay. uh, you know they're going to keep the best ten percent that they can. Um, oh, for sure. And you know they use that for you know personal and um, you know for for people that come to tour the farms and whatnot. So uh, right. you know by far uh, you know some of the best cigars that I've ever had uh, were 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 like that. So. I've always uh, wanted to go to Cuba, just to, just to go there and just to go go there, drink some rum and smoke cigars. I think that's yeah, and that's that, that's something I just tried um, not too long ago. I, I picked up a bottle of uh, Zacapa, and uh, you know that's the first time I tried rum with cigars. Yeah, I see. Uh, you got you got the the cat back there. What's the cat's name? Uh, that's Fireball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anytime I'm outside smoking, especially with. I have my friends over. She's she's always gonna be part of the action. So she's trying to come out and like they're indoor cats. So yeah, she'll, she'll hang out by the window and she'll scratch at the window and stuff. So I have three cats. She's she's the one. She's that party girl. She's just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you do with the cats while you're out of town? Um, they're t- they're taking care of uh, uh, my uh, my room and girlfriend take care of them. So the, yeah, so it's. I don't have to worry about them. Yeah. I mean, cats are pretty self-sufficient as it is, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I don't yeah. have any cats. I, I, sorry, what was that? What's that? Uh, you, you broke up a little bit. What was that? Uh, mm-hmm. I know, it's going to be crappy. What did mm-hmm. you just say? Uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, I, we don't have any cats. Uh, my wife is allergic to cats, but we do have a husky. And 
you know, oh, we, 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 we made the mistake of getting our Husky. Um, uh, he was like eight weeks old and my son was six months old when we got the Husky. And that proved to be one of the, uh, one of the most difficult things we've ever done in life was, was getting that Husky puppy while our son was only six months that the, the puppy was a lot harder to take care of than our kid, you know? <laughs> well, that's like having another kid, you know? Oh, even worse. Uh, at, le- at least yeah. the kid is stuck in a chair or something when you want him to be. You know, the the, the puppy is just everywhere. Get, uh, and and they're little escape artists too. So it's like you know, yeah, we could keep him over here, but he's going to get out. You know. <laughs> yeah, our bass player Ben actually he has he has three huskies. Yeah. Yeah, and they just go. I mean, they're beautiful, but they go crazy. I mean, I can only imagine. You know, when they were puppies, like the, I mean, the cutest puppies. They're yeah. I mean, the beautiful dog puppies, but like, yeah, they're all over the place. Tanner, his backyard is like, you know, there's holes everywhere, and like, they're just everywhere, you know? It's, yeah. They're so sweet. They're such friendly dogs. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely big balls of fun. Um, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have energy to, to, uh, to keep up with them. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah after after that my wife swore off any new dogs so yeah i don't believe you guys you guys just have the one dog yeah yeah he uh he just turned three uh, a couple weeks ago uh my son's three and a half so yeah um you know my my son tortures him so you know but he <laughs> he, he he handles it really well like i i gotta give the dog credit for that yeah, I'm sure he's quite patient with your son. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I've uh, I have three cats. I just, I mean, I had two cats for three years, but just recently they live in like a condo complex, and uh, when I walk in, when I park my car, I, I walk in and there's a stray cat. At, at nighttime, I come home and this cat would always like meow at me. Like, oh fuck, here we go. And he kept looking at me, meowing me. There's a couple days of this, and finally, like just one day, I'm like, all right coming on let's go yeah. come on in god damn you like i didn't want to have a third cat and like sort off <laughs> and, and sure enough he's, he's here and he's he's awesome yeah so he's, like, he's the sweetest cat he's and it's kind of nice that, that you know i was able to you know pick him up when he gets along with the other cats finally now at first like it was it was a nightmare at first yeah because that's where i was you know not having it you know and now he's like part of the family and He's really sweet. He's kind of, it's just nice knowing that okay, he was really skinny, you know, he's really frail, you know. Fur was all matty and he was all you know, he wasn't healthy at all, you know. So it's he's he's healthy, he's gained some weight and he's he's a sweetheart. Just living life to the fullest now. Yeah. He definitely he always hangs out by the food bowl. He's he's, he's got like food separation anxiety, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's and you know, especially at first it was almost like he doesn't know how long this is going to last, so he wants yeah. to stick with food, you know? Yeah. But now he's starting to get comfortable, so it's, it's nice. Oh, that's good. Mm. So, yeah, so that's, um, you know, I told I told a few people um, that I was getting to, uh, to talk to you and have you on the show. Uh, I didn't tell too many people because, I mean, you know, I've, you know, in, in my, my group of friends and family and whatnot, you know, there's, you know, we all, we all know Zebrahead, but pretty much everybody out, outside of that, like, 
you know, it's hard, it's hard to say, say anything because, you know, you, you guys aren't as well known as, as, um, you know, a lot of other bands, uh, in, in the, you know, in the Midwest specifically, I guess. Uh, yeah. but, uh, it's, it, it's been awesome, uh, you know, telling the people that do know who you are, uh, you know, it, it's been awesome. Like, yeah, you know, I get to do this and yeah, I got a couple, couple of jealous friends, which, you know, is, is always fun. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Though. Especially it's, it's kind of cool. Like, especially in different areas where like you wouldn't think you'd have any fans or anyone know, know who the hell you are. And when you do this, you can come across people who do know you in like, maybe places that you wouldn't necessarily think, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, our band, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's that like to uh to to have you know I, I I don't know what what's it like to have a bigger following overseas than at home you know does that is that is that bothersome or you know just kind of it is what it is or you know how how does that go over you know, honestly I, I I love traveling and I like going to I like I like going overseas a lot so I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather have to go to Germany or Japan all the time than, no offense, like go to like I don't know, maybe Indianapolis or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know, it's just it's <clears throat> it's fun. It's plus it's um, I just think we're just lucky to be able to play anywhere and have anybody give a shit anywhere we go. Yeah. So it's we're just lucky, and I never take that for granted ever. And so it's it's always a cool experience. Like, oh, I'm going to Germany this weekend. You know, sometimes we'll. We'll, we'll fly over just for like a few festivals. Like I mentioned Japan, going there for one day, you know, playing one show. And it's, you know, it's kind of, a, it's a tease, but it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, so did, did you do this last weekend? You know, just running around and friend. Oh, I was just in Tokyo or I was just in like, you know, I was in Frankfurt, Germany or whatever. Yeah. But last weekend, yeah, that's what I was doing, you know. So from the, pretty awesome. from the pictures that I've seen, like those, those festivals that you guys do over there, they, they look just absurdly huge. Like, do do the pictures do it justice, or because uh, I mean, you know, some sometimes I look at I look at those pictures and I see the crowds. It looks like you know it's it's got to be a half a million people out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not that many people, but it sometimes it feels like it's like I look I look out in the crowd. I'm like, fuck, man, that's that's like an endless sea of people. Like, yeah, I, it's kind of hard to. Do. I mean, is it two thousand people or is it fucking fifty thousand? You know, at times. Yeah. It's like, when you get people, you, it's kind of, it's hard to <clears throat> I mean, I think one of the biggest festivals I've, I've ever played was, um, I played in Bogota, Colombia, with Death by Stereo, and uh, there was like 200,000 people. There's this festival called Rock and Parque, and it's like in the, it's like the central park of Bogota. It's a big festival, and we played like, uh, Air Crash is one of the bigger bands, a band called Mano Chao. Mano Chao is, is enormous in, in Colombia and in Latin America. And it was fucking amazing to play, you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, some of the places it's like you know, we'll do festivals in, in like Russia or Ukraine. Like we get to play some weird kind of cool places, you know. So and I'll be there. Like, it's just fuck. It's just it's almost surreal. Like what the? How the fuck do we end up here? Like I never thought. Like me sitting in my room playing guitar. Like oh, yeah, I'm in the I'm on the Black Sea, you know, in <laughs> Russia. You know what I mean or whatever. Like how the fuck did I end up here? This is amazing. So what what was the uh what's the biggest show that you've ever done? Um 
it's, it's hard to tell us because some like we've done like arena shows with in Japan with a band called Man with Mission. Those are really big, and then some of the festivals like you know, some of the festivals are like you know fifty thousand to you know two hundred thousand people. You know? Yeah. Zebra, the biggest one was uh, doing Woodstock in Poland. I think it was three hundred thousand people. Wow. So, that's that's got to be intense. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. I get to you know play to all these new people. Like doing the festivals is you get to see a lot of cool bands you never thought you'd be able to see or even play, even play with. Yeah. So we have a festival coming up in England where like the headliner is Def Leppard from the day we're playing. Yeah. Which is fucking. So I get, get to say, like, oh, yeah, we're playing with Def Leppard this weekend. You know, it's like, <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just fun to be able to see these different bands. You know, like, we did a download festival a few years ago, and we played, Winger was one of the bands that played it. And I remember seeing him play, and I met, I met the singer. <clears throat> it was kind of funny. Uh, Ali and I were doing press in the press tent. Um, and across from us, it was like, it was probably like, like, you know, 30 yards away. Uh, Kip Winger was doing some press as well. And I, we were talking about, hey, what bands did you see today? And I mentioned them all. I saw Winger. And I um, was kind of pointing over. And I was kind of saying, like, well, you know, I think it's pretty amazing we saw Winger. Because, yeah, I always grew up, like, seeing Winger videos. And, like, especially with, like, Beavis and Butthead. You know, they always make fun of Winger yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> and I was pointing over at uh, Kip Winger. I'm like, yeah, if, you know, if Kip Winger's over there. I kind of made a joke, like, yeah, I think Kip, Kip's going to come by later on and hang out with us. And he walked over, and he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm like, dude, Kip, hi, how are you? He's all, right away, he comes up, he holds his arm up to me. He's like, it's all right, man, you want to hit me in the arm? Go ahead, man. <laughs> well, well, what are you talking about? So I've got older brothers, go ahead, go ahead and take a shot of my arm. Like, he was thinking, like, I, I was talk, making fun of him and talking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't doing it at all. I think maybe he's... He's maybe they're used to getting teased so much for whatever reason. I'm like, and I even told him, kept dude, I could never hit you. You're fucking, you're, you're awesome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not pointing at you, like making fun of you. I'm pointing at him, like, fuck, that's Kate Winger right there. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> oh, that's uh, an, another one that you, you posted recently was you had a, a, a spinal moment or a spinal tap moment uh, recently. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, so I'm at the NAM show. Yeah, yeah. That was he just he's walking by. But, hey man, I got a quick photo, and I said hello. And he's really friendly. He's like, "Holy fuck!" You mean as as far as like different bands you meet, like well, that that was one of the cooler ones. I'm like this is fucking bass player Spinal Tap, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is always one of those that one of those movies like every band references. Like you get lost backstage, or you're trying to get to a place. Like where the fuck are we? It's always like, oh, we're having one of those Spinal Tap moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, being lost like you. Like, where's the dressing room again? Where's the stage? You yeah. know, it's like that classic movie. And it's like, it's every, every touring band pretty much references that movie. You know? Yeah. So, with, uh, with all your touring, have you ever had any, uh, any like major, like, starstruck moments or anything meeting anybody? Um, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's, uh, you, you meet some cool people and, like, we, you know, we, um, hung out with a couple of these from Green Day. We went bowling with a couple of the Green Green Day guys in uh, in Australia, which was pretty rad. Yeah, at Green, uh, our friend of ours actually, who we share a studio with, is Jason Freeze, and he plays keyboards in Green Day. So he's a touring keyboardist. So yeah, but um, 
And uh, so we, yeah, they had this private bowling party. So we went, we went bowling with Green Day. And that was it. This is pretty fucking rad. Yeah. So, yeah. Just ra- random shit like that has just got to be awesome. Yeah. Like even one time I met um, different people. Like, I don't know if you know who Max Weinberg is, the drummer of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He was randomly backstage at a show once in New Jersey. And I remember seeing him. Hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, Max Weinberg. Nice to meet you. Like, hey, wow. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty rad. I thought it was kind of cool, too. Like, he's, well, he introduced himself with his first and last name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, how you doing? Oh, damn, Palmer. Uh, nice to meet you, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a funny way to introduce yourself. Like, I, I couldn't imagine going to people. How you doing? Uh, my name's Dan Palmer. You know, it's like, so official. So, uh, it, it only seems natural of me to ask, but how much attention do you get from your mustache alone? It's, uh, I, sometimes I, I guess it, it's, especially when you go to places like, like Japan, because I mean, uh, people there don't really tend to grow big mustaches. You know, one of the weirdest places was, uh, when I went to China, we went to China and, and we're walking around China and everyone was like, Oh, like just, it was it was almost like I was like an alien or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's even the cops staring at me. You know, like, you know, like I, I've I've been debating like for for pretty much like the the last week, like whether I was going to say anything about the mustache or not. But you know, because yeah. I'm I'm sure that you get it all the time. But yeah, I, I just I I had to had to ask. So sorry about that. Yeah, of course. no <laughs> no problem. It must have been a little messy today, because I've, I've been home all day. Yeah. So I've really been out. I uh, had kind of a late night last night. We went went to the comedy store in Hollywood and saw nice. a couple of comedians. Who'd you see? Cool. Uh, I saw this guy named Sam Sam Elam. He's a uh, kind of a new upcoming comedian. He, he was just on Conan, I guess, a couple nights ago. Uh, he was hilarious. He was pretty funny. I kind of came across him on Instagram. I was like, oh, go check him out. You know? And then my I, we ended up at the Rainbow afterwards, hanging out there. Ron Jeremy was there, which is kind of, he's always at the rainbow. So it was, it was kind of a fun, fun action back night last time. So that brings up a question. Um, Ron Jeremy is on the Waste of Mind CD. He introduces, uh, was it Fly Days, which I, I know Waste of Mind was before your time, but yeah. uh, I, was that just a, uh, like I, I don't know if you know or not, but was that just like a random occurrence, or uh, is is Ron Jeremy a, a fan of Zebrahead, or or what's going on there? I'm I'm not actually sure if Ron even remembers who the hell we are. Or <laughs> even, <laughs> even, I couldn't even imagine going to him. Hey, we're playing Zebra. You're on one of our records. You can choose some songs. He'd probably be like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know, because that's such a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but he's he's actually really, really friendly. He's He's a nice guy. Well, I, I sent him a message on Twitter once. Uh, I don't know if he ever seen it or not, but he does a uh, he does a festival uh, not too far from me. Uh, I, I think he's there every year, but it's called Nudes of Poppin, and uh, it's it's the the Ponderosa nudist colony or whatever. Uh, I think it's Rensselaer, or Demont, Indiana. But I sent him a message uh, when I first started doing this because uh, this is I've been doing this about a year and a half, um, okay. and you know just throwing shit out there and if anybody responds great uh but uh you know he you know he never responded or anything but you know one of one of these years that he's uh he's in the area i'm gonna try to track him down and uh because i i know he's a fan of cigars and he's actually a fan of uh a brand that's local here um called jessam crawl 
but uh, he's a fan of the JSM Crawl cigars. Um, so it's like you know oh. I, I gotta I gotta try to get get him and uh, you know may, maybe try to get him and Buck over uh, the owner of the company uh, try to get them over to uh, do an episode. But you know that'd be uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, who knows? I, mean, uh, I know he he does stand up as well, which is kind of I've never seen his stand up. But uh, um, it was good. But I went to the Rainbow. I took a friend of mine who's from Slovakia, and he um, he's a promoter there. And like he was, well, hey, we you know, of course when you got friends from out of town, especially you know out of the country, like oh, it's, we always got to go to the Rainbow. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and yeah. he's always there. We were sitting there eating pizza, and and my buddy's like, oh my god, it's Ron Jeremy. I'm like, yeah, he's always here. You know, I was like, he's like, dude, I'm like, well, what do you want to meet him? It's all in, you know, I'll flag him over. Steve will come say hello. And, uh, hey, Ron, you know, I brought up somebody, my buddy from Slovakia, he'd like to come with you. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. We're eating pizza. And um, I've been, we, we were sharing a pizza. The pizza, the rainbow is awesome. It's an amazing pizza. And no, I was, I, I'm sorry, I, I got to say, uh, you know, I, I am near Chicago. So that's a, that's a pretty tall statement there. I know. That's, I, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Chicago deep dish is probably my favorite pizza in the world. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, like Luminati's or Giordano's, amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh no, you know, no, no problem. Pizza reference, I got to throw that out there. So yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I like having pizza everywhere around the world. But <clears throat> we were sat there, you know, we took a photo with him, and we sat back down, finishing my pizza, and we're like, "Hey, Ron, do you want a slice of pizza?" And he was sitting there hanging out. <clears throat> my buddy's like going to social media because he's a promoter there. He's like, "Hey, if you want to come do, you know." come do stand-up in, in Slovakia sometime. I'd love to, you know, promote a show for you or whatever. And he sat there. He's eating pizza with us. And it's funny because we were eating so much pizza. I wasn't eating all the crusts. I'm like, God, just, you know, you, you know, leave all the crusts. You, you have a huge pie, you know, between, between two people. And uh, after he finished his slice, I had, like, a plate of uh, pizza crust. And he just helps me pull the plate over. <laughs> helps himself and starts eating the pizza crust. <laughs> My fuck, man! Does anybody feed you, Ron? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I remember looking at my buddy, I'm like, dude, he's, he's eating your pizza crust. He just helped himself. <laughs> it was just a, a weird moment, you know, fucking Ron. <clears throat> but he, he's, he's really friendly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's... Especially a great, great story for my buddy too. Like for him, like to go home to Slovakia. Yeah, I had pizza with Ron Jeremy at the rainbow. Yeah, you exactly. Know, well, that's a fucking great story, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I mean, I I love going to different places, like you know, especially when, like New York. Try different. You know, I was trying to uh, seek out the best New York pizza, or or from Chicago, like like I mentioned earlier, I like go to Luminati's or Giordano's, whatever. I love <clears throat> checking out like amazing pizza, or even in Italy. You know, one thing I definitely uh, um on my uh like Instagram and Facebook, I was. I always have I always post all the stuff. Like I'm very anti pineapple on pizza. Oh come on! So I was getting I get in these wars with people over pineapple and pizza. I'm like that's fucking wrong. No way. No fucking <laughs> deal. Well, and I, I get these arguments. <laughs> well, I am on the opposite side of the spectrum there. Um, but I, I will I will Sorry say I, I I will <laughs> say I will say that I if it's if it's really good pizza, I'm probably not going to get pineapple on it. But if it's if it's Papa John's or uh, you know Pizza Hut or something like that, then I'll I'll ask for pepperoni or uh, um, 
pineapple just because, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's not good anyway. So <laughs> might as well, right. might as well throw some extra flavor on there. Right. I mean, did, would you do a pineapple deep dish pizza? I have. Um, yeah. I, I used to work. It seems so long. Well, when, <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I, I worked at the, a pizza place in Munster, which is right off the expressway, uh, first exit in Indiana. Um, and you know, it was Chicago style deep dish. Um, you know, I definitely prefer it to most. Um, yeah. but you know, while I was there, you know, it was, you know, make yourself a pizza, this and that. So I had, I had damn near everything on deep dish, you know, from, from being there. So, um, no, as far as deep dish went, I didn't get pineapple on it very often, but I, but yeah. I, ha- but I have done it. So, okay. But yeah, most, most of the time it's definitely a, more of a New York style, uh, thin crust. So. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I had a friend of mine who used to be manager at Domino's pizza. And I go visit him at work. I would make these crazy pizzas. We'd dump like a, a bacon, beef, and like you know, double beef and you have all these crazy concoctions and pizzas. It was fun. Oh yeah, that's I. I used to make mm-hmm. uh, like what what I made most of the time while I was working there for for my meal was basically uh, like a calzone where it would just be a a pizza folded in half. And, yeah. You know, just go to town on that. But yeah, must have been awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, I, well, I I probably gained a few pounds while I was while I was working there. But uh, oh, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean it was it was a good job to have. I, I just, I mean, hell, I was uh, seventeen. I, th- I think I was seventeen when I worked there. Um, yeah, may- maybe eighteen. I don't know, but uh, you know, yeah, it definitely it didn't pay the bills, but it, you know, I had food all the time. Yeah, for sure. Dude, when you're seventeen, you get free pizza all the time. It's like that's that's gold mine right there. Oh yeah, big, yeah, yeah. So. But I, I can say that that's the fastest that I, or that that's the closest that I've come to working fast food. Like when, when I was a kid, like I vowed I would never work in fast food. And, um, right. you know, I, I did, you know, that, that's one thing that I succeeded in. I, I never worked at fast food. Not that I'm knocking it on anybody, but, right. you know, I, I, I would have if it came to it, but, um, right. Yeah. I, I, I went to Burger King when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was 15, I, uh. I worked at Burger King, and I basically I got the job because I wanted to buy an amp. So I couldn't afford an amp, so I'm like, oh, I went and got a job at Burger King. Yeah. And I bought my first amp from working at Burger King. <laughs> so how old were you when you moved away from uh, Minnesota? Uh, I was nine. So I moved from England to Minnesota. I was seven, and then I lived there for two years. And luckily, not to bad completely on Minnesota, but we, we were luckily to, lucky enough to escape. So we moved to Southern California. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure most people in Minnesota wouldn't feel bad about that at all. But <laughs> yeah, they'd probably want to live in Southern California as well. Yeah, I don't think especially those winters. Those, yeah, like I said, we moved to Minnesota in December, and in, in England we would just walk everywhere, you know. So uh, we were just used to walking. So remember when we first moved to Minnesota, we'd start walking. We were all the people that would be walking around. You know, it's, it was you know, it'd be like three foot of snow, it'd be like you know. Like negative five or something, with only idiots walking around. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. so easy. that's how you get around. You know, like and people just like stare at us, like, "What the fuck is wrong with you people? What do you do? Walk around and shit." Yeah, you know. Oh, that's. I mean, cold. I I I don't like the cold, but I've got no problem taking advantage of it. Uh, that's I was working at. Was it 
it was like five or six years ago. Uh, we had uh, like negative forty wind chills one night with a with a big snow with a big snowstorm, and I worked at uh, the Whole Foods distribution center, and I had my freezer suit with me. I had a shovel in the car, and I got out of work, and I knew nobody else was going to be out doing it. So yeah. I kept my freezer suit on, and I ended up going to a uh, to a high end neighborhood with my shovel and my freezer suit, and shoveled a few driveways. Made like 150 bucks on on two or three driveways. So, oh. like I well. I can't stand the cold, but I will take advantage of it if I can. Yeah, for sure. Because there's probably a, people that hate the cold more so than you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they still want to shovel the snow. Yeah, that's I mean, opportunistic or not, but that's. Um, you know, how I was, uh, probably 33 years old, 34 years old, going door to door, shoveling yeah. snow. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that's harsh about the snow is like having to deal with that. You know, you gotta, yeah. have sort of like we're, you know, the locks would freeze and all that shit. Like, fuck. Yeah. People bag on like California. Well, California, you don't really have seasons. I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't really miss them that much. <laughs> I don't yeah. miss this yeah. living it's, it's, it's a fucking pain. That's yeah. uh, one of Daniel Tosh's old bits is, uh, you know, oh, yeah, uh, we live in the Midwest, but we like seasons. Oh, yeah, so do I. That's why yeah. I live in a city where I skip all the shitty ones. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been so true. Yeah. but So are you uh, are you big into comedy or no? Actually, I do. I know that. I, I do like Daniel Tosh. I'm not big into it, but I do like... Um, like I'll, I'll go to comedy shows sometimes. I've, a comedian friend of mine, his name is uh, Taylor Williamson, and he's done like America's Got Talent, and he's as a touring comedian. And uh, I'll go see him sometimes. And, you know, he's, he's he's a blast. He's a really he's a hilarious guy. If you guys check him out, and he's really he's a fun dude. It's kind of it's interesting to see how you know like doing comedy is kind of similar to music, where like you know he you know, performs stand up in weird places at times. You know what I mean? Like. To, yeah, do weird you know it's kind of similar to like you know you play like weird places on tour. You know he does they do the same thing with comedy. You know? Yeah, that's I've had a few uh, local comics here uh, that did the show, <coughs> which uh, which is awesome because I I used, I, a, a, I used to bartend at John Lovett's uh, comedy club. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, it was fun. It was weird, like. It's one of those things where, like, I'm like when I first got the job, I'm like, oh, it's fucking awesome. You know, I get to you know, see comedy all the time. You know, I used to bartend at nightclubs and stuff. And, you know, it was like DJ, you know, kind of like pop music. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So I thought, this is going to be fucking fun. And I remember the bar managers, all, I was kind of telling them, oh, this is going to be great. You know, you deal with comedians all the time. It's going to be fucking fun. And he was like, he was kind of jaded. He's like, you know, one thing you realize when you were comedians is what a joke those those guys usually are like usually not funny they're kind of assholes at times to deal with you yeah. know yeah <sighs> so was john ever there or no he come he'd come by sometimes i didn't see him very often he was usually the manager who worked there and like he'd, once in a while he'd stop by yeah and he wasn't necessarily the friendliest guy but then again like why would he give a shit about the bartender? You know, he said whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't necessarily a dick. Um, what'd you say his name was? Uh, Williams. Uh, I forgot his first name. 
Taylor, Taylor Williamson. Taylor Williamson. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely have to look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, you know, I I never knew that there was a local comedy scene around me, uh, and I ended up uh, meeting a few guys, and I've had a few of them on the show, uh, which, you know, I I love. I, I'm actually doing uh, one of their podcasts on Saturday, but oh, cool. that's uh, Keegan and Friends. Um, but um, yeah, one of the guys that I had on 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 the show here in the garage. Uh, he actually just got done out in San Diego, um, well, San Diego and L.A. Like he was, he was out that way. Um, I think he just came home today. But uh, look, look, look like he had a blast out there. Um, you know, he did he did the comedy store. He did a couple other places in San Diego and L.A. Um, oh, cool! So, yeah, I was at the comedy store yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, that's definitely a place that I I definitely want to see. I've only been out to L.A. once, and okay. that was for work and. Literally the only time that I had for to myself, um, I I woke up early, and I I was gonna walk to the to the coast, yeah. um, you know, because I I've never been to the West Coast. I wanted to I wanted to see it just to say that I've been there. Um, yeah. And as I walked out of the hotel, um, you know, the hotel shuttle was there. I was like, "Hey, man, you you busy at all?" He's like, "No, what's up?" I was like, "Well, I I just want to." run down to the beach and, you know, put my feet in the water and say that I've, yeah. say that I've, uh, you know, been to the Pacific. Um, yeah, totally. So he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything going on right now. I'll, I'll, I'll drop you off down there. And I was like, all right, sweet. So it was like a, like a three minute drive, a five minute drive, something like that. It was real close. Um, but oh, like I said, I'm sorry. What big city you to? Oh, it, it wasn't even really a beach, really. Where where the hell was I? Uh, I can't remember the name of the city. Um, I'll 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 text a friend of mine and see if I could get an answer, but I doubt it. Where um, the hell were we? <laughs> it was I don't know. It was like industrial spot outside of L.A., but I'm sure there's 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 plenty of those. Uh, yeah. San San something. San Pedro. No. San Pedro? No. Well, okay. I can't really think of anything that was around there that would be specific yeah. to that. Uh, was it Mattel? 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 Like, uh, San Mattel? I'm sorry? Did you say San Mattel? No, no, no. Uh, Mattel uh, Toys. Uh, they're, okay. Yeah. Uh, they had a building there, so I don't know if that narrows it down at all, but... Hmm, I'm not, I'm not sure what that oh, was. A- anyway, uh, you know, the, the shuttle bus took me down there. I went down there, put my feet in the water, and I had to be at work in, I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half or something. And I was just standing in the water, you know, oh, took, a, yeah. t- took a selfie of myself, and I realized, like, uh, I don't know if there's any jellyfish around here or not. I was like, I better get, I better get out of the water because, you know, whether I get stung by a jellyfish or not, I, gotta, I still got to go to work. So, right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's it. Not that excuse would really fly to miss work, right? I got stung by a jellyfish. Yeah, exactly. So I, I started walking back. The, the The shuttle bus driver gave me his phone number before uh, he dropped me off. He's like, "Yeah, you know, give me a call when you're done, and uh, if I don't have anything going on, I'll come pick you up." So, oh, awesome. You know, I started walking back. Uh, you know, stopped at Starbucks to get a coffee. Called him. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I'll I'll be there in about five minutes." All right, sweet. So he came back, picked me up. 
uh, I gave him like 20 bucks or something when he dropped me off. And, um, one of my coworkers that was, that was in town with me, uh, he got pissed. He's like, you, you went down to the water and you didn't even fucking tell me. <laughs> I figured you'd still be sleeping, you know? Yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that, that was the only time that I had to myself in LA. Yeah. Um, and then like our last day there, me, my coworker, and my boss, um, you know, my boss was like, no, we're, we're coming in two hours late so that we could, you know, go walk down the beach or something. So we went to Venice beach uh, walk oh, down nice. the boardwalk a little bit and seen seen how much of an interesting place that that is. And oh, uh, Venice, Venice, definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of lot of weirdos down there. It's, yeah. it's fun though. Yeah, like I I could definitely see myself uh, hanging out down there a little bit. Not 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 necessarily living there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could spend some time there. Yeah, it's crazy how expensive it is down there too. Like, yeah, home like like you know. One and a half million dollars to get a house around that area, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like it, and it's probably it's probably a two bedroom, one bath, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the house prices are insane, you know. Yeah, actually, that's one thing I always think about. You know, a, a lot of people here tend to like they always talk about like, oh, I want to be able to buy a house. I want to go buy a house like in you know Texas or you know different places because they can't afford any homes here, you know. Yeah, I think so ridiculously expensive. I mean, I, I rent, so I've always rent. I've never owned a place. But then again, I, I never worry about it too much because it's like, you know, if I don't get to own it and own a place ever, I still get to live here. So yeah, yeah, and that's you know, it, it it's it's bittersweet. Uh, you know, let, less responsibilities. I'm sure you know as far as uh, you know, keeping up with the property, um, and just just being able to worry about yourself instead of the instead of the house. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's definitely a good point. Uh, or or a fire, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. you guys definitely have different natural disasters to worry about than, than we do here, that's for sure. Right. Which I mean they're, they're not really that bad. It's not a big deal, so um it's just it's one of those things where people always complain about the price prices of everything here, but then again, it's like, well, it's beautiful here. You know, it's like, um, I'm, hold on, I'm trying to come inside. It's getting cold outside. Give me one second. It gets a little chilly outside. Chilly for us is, I think mean, it's in the 50s, so. Oh, cool. you you poor thing. <laughs> uh, let me see. <laughs> uh, my, my garage right now is 50 degrees. Um, outside, yeah. outside, it's 23, so. That's crazy. Yeah. You guys got hit by some crazy uh, snowstorm, didn't you? Uh, no, it wasn't a snowstorm. It was the, the polar vortex. Um, oh, that's right. What was it? In in three days, I think we had a 75-degree swing. We went from, like, negative 25 to uh, 51, something like that, in, oh, in like, three days. That is crazy. Man, I can only imagine... That's insane. Oh, right. in my kitchen here. Make another cup of coffee. Yeah, my, I have a buddy of mine uh, who I saw at Nam the Nam show who uh, from Chicago, and um, when he when he got back home, so like, yeah, just, I've been working from home. We stay inside because he got back right in the midst of the uh, polar thing, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, I can only imagine having to deal with that kind of, you know, freezing out cold and times like that where I'm like, you know, I, I really like where I live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, all right, man, uh, make your cup of coffee and uh, I'm going to go take care of business real quick and okay. we'll be right back. Okay. Let's see. As far as coffee goes, are you uh, are you fancy with your coffee, or is it just uh, run of the mill? Actually, right now I'm drinking instant because I ran out of uh, regular coffee. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not like a coffee snob per se. So, like I said, I'll, I'll drink. I'll drink instant. I'll drink whatever. But I do. I do like to get get a good cup of coffee. There's a good coffee place to go check out. Yeah. Actually, one time, um, it's this fancy coffee sh- coffee shop. I tried this coffee. It's called Coffee Lulac, and it's a uh, basically it's like the world's most expensive cup of coffee. It's they what, what they do is they have these animals uh, civets, and they'll they'll eat the coffee beans and they, they basically just shit them out and then they clean clean up clean the coffee beans. Yeah. And then they coffee with it. And it's, so one time it was this, uh, it was like a seventy dollar cup of coffee. And it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I always wanted to try it. So I tried it. <laughs> it was a great cup of coffee. Was it worth 70 bucks? No, but what was what, 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 the $70 worth the experience, though, to, to say that you've it done kind of, it? Yeah, I think so. Sometimes you got to spend money on stuff like that. It's, yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. Like, yeah, you sell it. I'm not, not going to be drinking that on a daily basis. Or anything like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, to say that. you know, you, you could say the same about cigars. It's like, you know, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to spend uh, sixty, seventy dollars on a cigar on a regular basis, but you know, if if it was the right time and place with the right cigar, <laughs> exactly. That's a, it's it's experience, you know. Which uh, like, which uh, which cat was that? This is Pumpkin, my cat Pumpkin. Yeah. This is the guy that uh, he was a stray that was in the courtyard. All right. He was enjoying the, the couch. Yeah, Dan. Dan moved the uh, moved the camera to show me the cat, and the cat was cleaning himself. So that, that was uh, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was that was a cool experience, like a super fancy high end restaurant. And the, the steak was like two hundred like two hundred thirty bucks. Put it on the credit card. You know what I mean? Like it was a great piece of steak, but it was it's one of those things. Like you know, I don't know if it was worth the money, but it's like it's a cool experience. You know. Uh, all right, so I. I, I lost you for for a few seconds at the beginning of that story. I picked you up at uh, you know the two hundred thirty dollars steak. So yeah, it was the <clears throat> went to a, like a fancy steakhouse in Kobe, Japan, and had a had a Kobe steak. So yeah, I figured well, of all places to have that, you know, that would be the place to do it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see. Would would you do it again? I guess that's the question. Um, if I guess. I've, if I had that kind of disposable income, I would. I mean, that was one of those things like, ah, fucking throw this on the credit card, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not the smartest woman with my money at all, so I tend to can, um, <clears throat> make stupid purchases like that sometimes, but like, fuck it. It was a, it was a, it was a cool experience. No, that's, you know, I, I think I'm the same way. Like, uh, sensible, not sensible, you know? Yeah. It's, it's when you have the opportunity, do it. Um, whether it's the most responsible thing to do or not, uh, yeah. you know, you'll worry about that later. 
um, as yeah. long as it's not all the time, you know, that's, that's yeah. all right. So, yeah. Let's, I mean, once in a while you got to splurge a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I always like a good steak, so it was, it was cool. Uh, so how do you like them cooked? Medium rare. All right. I was going to say, if you're going to spend yeah. 230 on a steak, uh, I hope it wasn't well done. <laughs> Yeah, imagine. Oh, yeah, I got it well done. I put some A1 on it. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you got any ketchup? <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? What the fuck? Yeah. Those things weird when people get their steak. Like, don't even bother getting a steak if you're going to get a well done. Yeah. You know? Well, that's. When, when I met my wife, she was a uh, she was a well done steak eater. Um, but now I've got her to uh, medium. So uh, oh. I, I, would, I would definitely consider that a win in my book. So. Absolutely, yeah. One of these days you'll get it down to medium rare, huh? <laughs> uh, maybe. But, I mean, right right mm-hmm. now I've got it down to a science. Uh, if, if I'm cooking steaks, I know I, I throw hers on, I leave mine off. Uh, then right. when I flip hers, I put mine on, and then I'll flip mine. Yeah. And then, then it's, you know, so they're done at the same time. Mine's done right. <laughs> hers is done right. So. Right. Um, you, you like your steaks medium rare or rare? Yeah, yeah, medium rare. So. Um, and you know, there's been a couple of times where I've, where I've undercooked it to where it was, uh, where it was pretty rare. I didn't mind it so much, but I, I still try to stick to medium rare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what well done in Pittsburgh style, those, you know, one extreme to another, uh, that's, I, I, I tried Pittsburgh style once. Uh, and that was, you know, it's basically, um, like a, like a, from, from what I understand, it's basically like a frozen steak and you throw it on the grill to, to sear the ends and it's, it's still cool, cool in the middle, but seared on the outside. And that, that wasn't exactly my cup of tea. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd want a cold steak. Yeah. Yeah. But. I've never, I've never actually heard of Pittsburgh style before. It's, I don't know, my, my dad called it that once, so I don't know if it's actually a thing or if it was just something my dad said. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's almost like you do that with a piece of fish, not so much a steak, I think. Yeah. yeah. So are you, a, are you a sushi fan or no? Yeah, I, I do like sushi. I actually yeah. had a sushi earlier today. We had some leftovers and had some sushi. Yeah. Good, yeah. I'm not the biggest sushi guy, but um, I do like to... I, I do eat sushi once in a while, especially like when we go to Japan. I always like like to go get sushi there because the fish is amazing there. Oh, I can imagine. That's you know, again, my my dad's been a sushi. My dad used to travel a lot for work, and he's been a Japan bunch. Um, oh. He actually might be going again. He's been retired for a few years, um, yeah. but one of his uh, acquaintances from from uh, you know before he retired uh, just sold another machine, and they want yeah. him to go go over there um but yeah he's he's been to japan quite a bit and that you know that that's how i ended up getting introduced to sushi because he ended up trying sushi out in japan which ended up him taking us to uh to a fancy sushi joint uh while he was in town and you know at at first it was like uh, i don't don't do fish Uh, so i tried like a california roll with just like cucumber and avocado or whatever and I was right. like, oh, this is good. So then I finally tried the fish. I was like, oh, this is fucking delicious. So, yeah, it's, it's really good. 
<clears throat> it's crazy how much how expensive it can get sometimes though too. Yeah. You know, it's when I go to the place a lot of the places I go to in Japan, I don't I'll do the, the conveyor belt style uh sushi, just grab a plate. Yeah. Some of the places are amazing. And you get like <clears throat> you know, these sushi bowls or some some sashimi and uh, it'll be like ten bucks or ten ten to twelve bucks, which is incredible, you know. And it's just great fresh fish. Yeah. And then but some of the nicer places here, it's like, like it seems like every sushi meal you know, is like, oh, it's over a hundred bucks every time, you know. Yeah. Also, yeah. get a beer and sake. Of course, I get into that to go along with it. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you you kind of <laughs> almost have to, you know. <laughs> the other guys in the in Zebred, <clears throat> there's only one other guy in the band that actually likes fish, and that's Ali. So, um, we'll do band meals, and when all the band meals we do there, we're always doing like. Uh, like a teppanyaki place, you know, like the state places or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes just Ali and I will go out and we'll bring us sushi. So he, he's my sushi buddy. So we'll go out and, because he's the only one that does, other one that does like fish. The other guy's not doing fish at all. So that's something I never really thought about. Um, <laughs> like how, how much time do you guys spend apart while, while you're on the road? Um, like when we tour Europe, we're, we're always in a, a tour bus, so we're, you know, we're I, we're right there next to each other all the time. You know, when we tour other places, like we tour do Japan, we're all, we're in hotels, so we're actually sometimes we're I won't see anybody until sound check. Yeah. You know, like oh, you know, whatever. And it's you know when you when you start touring a lot, it's kind of good to get that space, you know, personal space. You know, oh, I could imagine. Like and even like, um. <clears throat> Like especially when we tour Europe and different places, like with the, on the bus, I'm usually like one of the first people to wake up. So, uh, and I, I always go sightseeing. So I'll get up in the morning, and uh, I just go out. And I'll, st- I'll go walking for like you know a few hours, depending on whatever city I'm in. Like I'll look up, like all right, where, what's a cool place in this city? What you got? There seems a cool castle or you know cool landmark to go see. I, I'm always out sightseeing. Like even if it's cold and shitty, like I'll still go out. Yeah. So, it gets boring just being, you know, if you're going to travel all these places, <clears throat> if you don't go, you go out and see anything, like all you see is like, you know, you have a tour bus to backstage. Backstage is like a cramped room. You know, you eat like bread and cheese or whatever, you know. Yeah. Play the show. It's like, it's, you might as well not even be in any kind of cool historic city if you're not going to go out and really experience it. Yeah. So. You might as well be in. You might as well be home if you're doing that, or whatever. You could be in any city, anywhere. Yeah. Doing so, so I was. Let's see. Do, so, do you guys have any uh, uh, crazy like writer requests or anything while while you're anywhere? Yeah, nothing too crazy. Usually, a lot of booze. It was like a, a couple bottles. Like we usually do a couple bottles of vodka, a couple bottles of whiskey, and uh, and always like a, a couple cases of beer. So we always like to. We like our drinking. So. So, so no bowl full of brown M and M's or anything like that. No. <laughs> nothing, nothing. We don't, we don't fucking pull any of that shit. Out. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I can imagine. What's that? <clears throat> some bands have like they'll get like you know kind of weird with some of the requests that they have. You know, I was saying like, well, who the fuck do you fucking think you are? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's almost that we don't want to be rude and like ask for crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like we just need the basics. We need to be kind of low maintenance. You know what I mean? 
Which is probably the best way to go. I, I imagine you're going to get a little bit more respect from the staff if if you're not absurd, you know. Yeah, totally. You, know, you don't want to be too obnoxious with that stuff. You know, sometimes the food's not might not be that good, and like you just kind of roll with it. You know what I mean? Like you're not. Yeah. Kind of shitty, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, like we're not Metallica or anything. We're like, hey, how fucking dare you be this 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 rule this slop? You know what I mean? <laughs> um. <clears throat> When we because we do tour so much, we, you know we see these people again, and we have relationships with these people. So you don't want to be a you don't, we don't want to be a dick about things, you know. Yeah, I, I would definitely rather have people look forward to me coming there instead of dreading me coming yeah. there. You know, right. I, that that that's the way that I would look at it anyway. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because I mean, a lot of these promoters are our friends now because we see them so much. Like oh. You know, like, like I told you, like I was hanging on my buddy from Slovakia. You know, he's a promoter there. And like when he's in town, he'll sometimes stay at my place or whatever. You know, we're different friends that, you know, we've made relationships with from touring so much, you know. So it's like I couldn't imagine like telling my buddy, hey, I mean, how dare you give us this, this kind of food or whatever. Yeah. And also when you're friends, they'll tend to like take care of you a little bit more so too. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like they're going to like, you know, because we are friends or whatever, they'd be like, oh, well, we'll make sure we take care of the band. I'd rather go that route than be demanding power. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know. Because when it, when it comes down to, like, I think about just how, you know, how, how treating some of these people, it's like, you know, I'm just lucky for the most part just to even be there. You know what I mean? I'm not going to nitpick the small bullshit things or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, the beer's not good enough or whatever fucking nonsense. Like, <laughs> roll with it it's not a big deal you know what i mean so so i could only assume like with that statement you're not the uh um you know not i guess stereotypical traditional um english type where you like your beer warm no no, no. I, I don't like that <laughs> for the most part everyone thinks about oh the beer in england's warm and it's not necessarily warm it's just the, the some of the pubs don't have refrigeration for some of their kegs so it's not so much it's warm. It's just not as cold as what we're used to here. Yeah. You know? So, and it's it's really not bad. It's I've never actually had like where a beer is actually really warm. It's just maybe not as ice cold as maybe some places or what we're used to here. Yeah, they're not serving the beer at thirty one instead of you know forty five or whatever. So exactly. And that's one of the things that I like doing is always like drinking the local beer if I can. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I don't travel much, but. You know, whenever I do travel, whether it be on vacation or uh, I took two trips for work, you know, that was it. But, uh, yeah, pretty much no matter where I'm at, I, I'm going to look for something local. Um, right. And I, I'm lucky enough that, right, in, in my neighborhood, I've got three local breweries. Uh, yeah. And not too far away, I've got uh, Three Floyds, which Three Floyds is a... Uh, see, yeah, you 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 recognize yeah. the name, um, yeah. But so I'm I'm only about uh, 15 minutes from Three Floyds. Plus, I've got three three other local breweries like in my neighborhood that I could walk to. So right, um, and each of them have their own little niches. Uh, like uh, what what one of them wasn't my favorite. Like I you know it was it was my bottom out of the three uh, until recently. Um, you know, I realized like, oh, gee, you know, they don't, you know, as far as like IPAs and whatnot. Uh, yeah. 
but um, I I've been getting more and more into the stouts and porters, and it dawned on me, I don't know about a month ago. It's like, oh wait, I, I remember having a good porter at at that brewery. So right. I was I was getting ready to smoke a smoke a cigar, and I I wanted a good porter or stout, and the two that are closer to me, they don't normally brew those. But the third one does. So I went down there and I tried a couple. I was like, oh, this is fucking perfect. You know, grab a growler, come back to the garage. And, um, yeah. you know, so that, that one's gone up on my list now. So now it's uh, kind of a kind of a dead heat between the three. So, Right. I, um, I'll, I tend to go to some of these. <clears throat> they have a lot of different, like, beer festivals here. Like this one called Brew Hop. My, my buddy who I was mentioning earlier, the guy, Beer Punks guy, uh, we're friends with he, he works for Brewhaha, which is, uh, you know, like a beer festival, like a beer festival company. And so they do things like, I don't know if you heard, like, lately, the, um, the Punk and Drumpet festivals, like No Effects is yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They work with them, and so they got the different breweries and, you know, all the different tasters and stuff. So I tend to go to a lot of those shows, and there's a lot of, like, beer festivals and travel different beers, which is really cool. So so how is that uh, Punk and Drumpet? Um, it was... It was a good time. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. And That's... then there's another one called Sobroso that they do, which is like a, like a taco festival. And they have, you know, different breweries for that one as well. They have like, you know, Mexican wrestling and luchadoras and all that. Those are, those are fun. Yeah. So I tend to go, go to quite a few of those. And it's, it was cool. It's, it's the only thing about those is so many different breweries uh, where you can try all these different beers. Usually by the end of the day, because you're so drunk, I always forget, like, fuck, what was that beer I really liked? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like beer seven, of, you know, when I'm down on the like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely no chance in hell of remembering what it was called. But you, yeah. just, but you just know it was good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll try and take photos of things just to kind of remember, like, oh, okay, I like this one. Let's take a photo of it. So yeah. One of, I like this beer, you know. Yeah, most most of the time I'm not thinking that way, um, especially if I'm at that point. But um, yeah, that's uh, I don't know it's it's definitely fun uh, when when you're out of town to check out the local scene, the local brews, you know, everything else. Um, yeah, especially when we tour Germany, we tour there quite a bit, and different, you know, all the different cities and different regions of Germany, they always have their local beers. And, and some of these breweries have been around for like hundreds of years. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's, it's a treat to be able to go to some of these places. Like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to drink Austria tonight, you know, because I'm yeah. in Hamburg or whatever, you know what I mean? And so, uh, the Germans are very prideful on their beer. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have you ever been there for Oktoberfest or no? I've never, no, I've never been there for which is kind of weird, like, because we um, we played uh, Munich quite a lot. And I, we'll, we'll, I'll go to um, uh, the Hopra House, and that's kind of like the legendary, like, um, um, Oktoberfest type of place to go to. Yeah. Like the heat and all that. And they, they serve that all year round. You go there, you get like a schnitzel, a schnitzel or you get like a currywurst or something like that. And so you get the big stein of beer. So I always t- tend to go there. I was trying to take it easy if it's before the show because that could get messy real quick. Oh, I, c- I can imagine. 
you get a jazz beer. It's like a, you know, like a forty ounce beer. You know? Yeah, like a, a a forty ounce ceramic stein. You know, it's yeah, like, it's like ten pounds when you start. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, if I have a day, a day off there, that's when I kind of really go to town, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. But those kind of rare when we have a day off in a place like that where I can okay, I can go to go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know, it just made me think about it. Uh, do you have a, a favorite food or anything uh, with all your travels? Um, usually pizza's the go-to. Yeah, I like to try, like, especially from, like, you know, New York or Chicago or from in Italy. I always make oh, I'm in Italy and they get pizza, you know? All right, so I'm, so I'm going to ask about that. Like, I, I hear pizza in Italy is completely different than the U.S., it's it's more like a kind of like a more of a thinner crust. It's really not that much different, um, but it all depends also where you go. It's, it, for the most part, it's like a, it's a thinner crust for sure. They, they don't use as much sauce. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've heard. So yeah, but it, it's it's good. It, you know, you can get good pizza in a lot of a lot of places. Yeah. So well. All right, man. Uh, we are we are at like an hour and forty five minutes. It, it's it's flown by for me. Um, okay, that's I, I'm I'm definitely down to keep talking if uh, if you want to keep talking. So okay, yeah, that's that's fine by me. All right, that's up to, up to you. I just uh, I. I know uh, we we talked about time earlier and just wanted to just wanted to make sure. So, but, right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I'm just stoked to be sitting here talking to you. So, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to. Oh, time out of my day is nothing. I that's I got a, I got a regular job. You're you're juggling all kinds of shit. So how how you manage to yeah. find time? That is, you know. Yeah. How many how many different projects you have going on and um you know, sitting here talking to me, so nothing nothing but appreciation. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's I mean I, I do tend to plan a lot of different things. I also record with different people sometimes too. Like lately, um just recently I've been uh have you heard the band Tenth of Pole? No. Oh, okay. They're like a they were a band on the Epitaph, they've got a new record, so um, Dennis, the singer, is, uh, he asked me to come do some guitar solos for his record. So I did that the other day, and I'm also going to go record again on Saturday. It's with producer Ryan Green, and he's done everybody from like, No Effects to Usher to, you know, so it's really fun working with him. Yeah, it's, it's I, I've, kinda, he- I've heard of Brian Green. But... Brian Green, yeah. He's, he's an awesome producer, so he's that's my first time working with him. So, so it, excuse my ignorance to it, but... Like when you do when you do something like that with a different band, is that almost like a studio session or uh, how how does that work? Yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's almost more casual than just like a studio session. It's usually just like friends, like, hey, you want to come down and work on this project with me? Like, it's more of a casual thing rather than like, well, somebody set this up and I don't know the person at all. You know, I mean, it's usually like that's a buddy. Like, hey, you want to come play some solos on this record? Like, yeah, or just come hang out and we'll write some songs. And yeah, I mean, I usually almost always say yes. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, you 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 are 
a a guitarist. So, like, how long does it take you to pick up on another band's material other than your own? Like to to go <clears throat> record to go record with a different band. Um, yeah. Like how how long does it take you to learn their music instead of yours? Um, it, it, I usually pick, pick it up pretty quickly. Um, I've been playing guitar for a long time, and I just I love playing all different styles of guitar. I took classical guitar in college, so I'm, just, I'm kind of like a full like guitar nerd. You know what I mean? So I, I practice every day, and I practice all styles, and I teach guitar as well. Um, so I, I just I just I really like I just enjoy playing music all the time. All right, so I'm gonna so come, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to I'm gonna come back to teaching in a minute, um, but. On, on, when when I picture you guys in the studio, whatnot, like I don't picture a book of music in front of you. Like no. I, I'm assuming that when you're with a different band, you don't have the song sitting in front of you uh, on bars. No, no. I'm, I'm not so are you're you're basically doing it all from ear. Yeah. And picking it up that way. Right. Like that's exactly. that's like in in my mind that is fucking amazing. Um. I've I've never been able to read music, um, and like just I I kind of see the you know just picking it up by ear, but I can't fathom the idea if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's like the, it's like a musician joke where like how do you get a lead guitar player to to, to quiet down? Is you, you put a sheet of music in front of them? Yeah, for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of true. It's like. You know, I studied uh, actual music reading and sight reading uh, when I was in college, and I was never that good at it because I have to learn all these classical pieces with uh, music reading. And for the most part, I would kind of read it a little bit, but I would usually just memorize most of the piece, you know, so I would, uh, which was, it's kind of a good thing, I, uh, which I can do. I, you know, I have a pretty decent musical memory, which is... I usually don't remember what happened last week, but when it comes to music, I can remember a, a riff I played like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it's a good thing to have, but then again, it hurt me as far as learning how to really sight read properly because I never really had to do it because, like I said, I would usually memorize whatever I was doing, you know. So, which has kind of hindered me in some some aspects. But it's also helped too because I can go into a session <clears throat> and be able to pick things up pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm fortunate for that. So now, when you go in to collaborate with a different band, uh, are you allowed your own um, like musical liberties to that? Like um, it, like in your mind, uh, gee, it would you know? How about how about this instead of that? Like, does that does that work, or is it pretty much strictly by the book? It all depends on the project. Um, like, for instance, with this Temple Pole thing I was working with, they're doing solos. I mean, like, the producer would, he was like saying, hey, do something like this. <clears throat> and I'd play something for him, like, I thought he would, what he would want. And I'd also bring up, like, well, what if we went here? What if we tried this? What if we tried this effect? <clears throat> right. And that's what I usually do when I go to different sessions. Like, I'll kind of go based off what, what they want and give them other options as well. Like, oh, here, here's 10 more different. Two more styles of that same riff, or you know, just a couple different effects. So they've got options. You know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. something they wouldn't have thought of, or you know, what I mean, that's how I usually like to let's just throw, dump a bunch of ideas at them. I'm like, hey, you, you just take what you like. You know? 
Right on. So, and I, I'm usually like not too um, picky as far as like I don't get too um, set on any type particular riff. I mean, it's like you know, look, sometimes uh, I'll play with people and like, oh, I really got to have this riff in this song, and just you I mean as far as like you know, working with other people, you gotta you gotta let that go sometimes. Like even though you think like this may be the best for this song, you know, maybe the rest of the band doesn't think that, and you go, you gotta compromise. You know? Yeah. And just and just be versatile, versatile enough, and be willing to kind of put the ego aside a little bit and say, "All right, yeah, you're, you're right. I'll play it more simply, or whatever." Or you know, some 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 songs that require maybe something super basic, and you want to do some shredding or flashy, but it, it just the most it, you want you want what's best for the song at all times. Yeah. So, going back to the teaching. Um, I, I tried to learn guitar once when, you know, back in my younger days. Uh, and, you know, my, my thought was, uh, gee, my fingers just don't move that way. Uh, you know, so, so I gave up pretty quick. Um, then Guitar Hero came out. Yeah. And I was a, uh, I was a Guitar Hero master, uh, yeah. which translated to absolutely nothing but dog shit in actual guitar world. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so like, do you have a lot of people that come to you and say, yeah, I could, I could play the shit out of some guitar hero and, you know, end up just not being able to do anything or. Yeah. I remember when guitar hero came out, I was, I've been teaching for quite a long time. I remember I'd get a lot of new students. I got a, a lot of new students from actually because people were inspired to want to play a guitar because of guitar hero, which is cool. Yeah, and it's one thing about playing guitar. It just you have to really put your time in, and a lot of times people like you can pick up guitar and kind of you know fiddle around and kind of <clears throat> get it pretty quickly. You know, with actual playing guitar, it's like you really got to spend your time and practice a lot. You know, yeah, it's hard for people to have the discipline in order to get better. You got to. I mean, I always try and recommend you pick your guitar up every day. Yeah. Yeah, there's and it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between five buttons and uh, five strings with what twenty five, thirty different frets. Yeah, yeah, all depending on the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. And also, just getting the the coordination and yeah, you know, the discipline which to sit there. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes if I'm working on a really hard piece, like I'll spend an hour on this, maybe just working on just one particular part of the piece where which is really difficult. But it's like painfully slow, and to like get it, get it up to speed, and it's just you know for a lot of people that's they don't want to have the patience or the discipline in order to put the time in to make that happen. You know? Which is definitely where I was at when I I was going to try to learn guitar when I was younger. You know, I I I definitely did not have the discipline or patience to sit there and actually try. You know, my 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 fingers couldn't move correctly the first. Uh, few days, so I gave up. You know, um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It really is. It takes a long time for some people. Yeah, so some people can. I mean, like physically, they'll able to pick it up a little sooner than others. <clears throat> and some people, they tend to think like their physical limitations are the thing that's holding them back. You know, but I've seen guitar players with like tiny little stubby fingers that are ripping guitar players. You know, and just that they fail to figure out if they're maybe their physical shortcomings. And what they need to do in order to be able to play, you know. Yeah. And there's other people 
really like big hands or whatever, and it's it's a lot easier for them, or stronger hands <clears throat> as well. So as far as that goes, do you have any advice to anybody who does want to try guitar uh, but is discouraged? Yeah, just just be patient and trying. If you can get a teacher, <clears throat> like when I first started playing guitar, like I just kind of learned on my own. I was like, ah, punk rock, I'll figure it out. I don't need lessons. I don't need to learn, learn music theory, all that stuff. <clears throat> but then I got to a certain point where, like, okay, um, I, my playing's kind of come to a standstill because I don't know my music theory. I haven't, I haven't learned proper technique, and I wasn't able to progress and become better. You know, so it's it's almost like Let's say if like you're working out and like you need your bench press is you know kind of a poor technique you're not doing it properly you're not necessarily going to be able to be able to bench press more, more weight because your technique is bad you know yeah that's kind of similar thing with guitar <clears throat> you really want to focus on your technique and um and also work on your like learning theory really helped immensely and so that's another thing that kind of helped too like playing with different people like right away if I hear a song. Like, okay, well, that's in key of like C sharp minor, so I, I know where to go right away, and I can write a riff pretty quickly because I know my theory. And they're like, oh, this this will probably sound good because I know where to go. All right. Rather than have to sit there and like kind of like figure it out the whole time, you know, wasting this time because you don't know. You can hear what you want to play, but you can't necessarily execute it because you haven't taken time in which to learn the theory and the the proper notes where will help you get to that point faster. All right. So it's, it sounds like, it sounds like to me that, uh, you working with other bands, uh, and, uh, doing so many projects, like it, it, it sounds to me like you are, you're 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 pretty you're pretty quick to pick up on what's going on and how to play it. So do do you feel that way, or do you like do you get anxious or anything like if you're working with somebody else or uh, you know when you're trying to learn something new, uh, is that does that turn into like any anxiety issues or uh, does it just pretty much come naturally to you? It, it, it comes pretty, pretty natural to me. It's it's also, um, like, for me, like playing with different people and playing in different projects and stuff, it's not so much a thing where I'm going to be nervous about it. I'm more excited to want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean, if I play with somebody, hey, I've got a couple ideas. Like, I, I'm more excited rather than like, oh, fuck, hopefully I can pull this off. Sometimes, you know, I don't play so well and I'm not playing what they would want. And it, sometimes it just doesn't work for whatever reason. You know what I mean? And you just come across that sometimes. And that's yeah. okay too, you know. But for the most part, I, I mean, I love playing. I love playing different people. So, oh, for me, like to try something new and different, like it's it's a fun thing. So, have you have you ever had any uh, like guest spots that you were super excited about, or? Um, like I've done a couple of things, like towards suicidal tendencies, and the guitar player Dean gave me his guitar at the end of the song, so I got to play a solo with suicidal. Which is pretty rad. Yeah, and I've done some other things with uh, Pennywise, where they let me come play guitar with them uh, during Brohim a couple times. Oh, all right, that's you know, fucking awesome. Fucking yeah, I was like so psyched. You know, we actually did, I did that at a festival in done a couple of festivals with them. You know, 
there's, you know, Zebra or Death by Terror will play a lot of different festivals, and sometimes I'll come across the Pennywise guys, and they'll be like, hey, you know, get the guitar for Brohan, and come play guitar with us. That's fucking, it's amazing, you know? Yeah, dude, I, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. It's, it's an exciting thing. And it's also one thing I'm like, you know, after I'm like, oh, fuck, I, got, I, just, I just play guitar with Pennywise, you know? Or, <laughs> it's fucking cool. It's like a turning like this like excited giddy little kid you know yeah i mean that's that that's kind of where i'm at right now you know uh that <laughs> you know not to bring it up again but you know hey i get i get to talk to the lead guitarist of one of my favorite <laughs> bands so i'm i'm kind of like a, a a giddy little schoolgirl right now so. <laughs> yeah that's, that's so cool cool that's awesome i love that uh, that's <laughs> I, I don't know um let's see i i just finished my second cigar um, I, I ended up smoking that, uh, Oliva G after the Milano. Um, nice. my son's going to be going to bed soon. So, okay. I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, dude, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time out of your schedule to sit here and bullshit with me for a little while. Yeah. It's been a fun chat, man. I really like it. I hope it's so. Cool. And, you know, like I said earlier, uh, if you're in Chicago or, or that area for any reason, let me know. Yeah. I'd, I'd be more than happy to, um, you know, host, do anything, meet up. So just uh, awesome. just just let me know. That's I, I got the, the little studio in my garage. I got a few nice lounges around me. Um, nice. And I'm definitely willing to travel within reason. Uh, okay. As long as work as long as work allows. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if I could get the heads up on any Chicago shows, <laughs> that, oh, that'd sure. be fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always like having a good smoking buddy. It's just rare to come across people that do smoke cigars. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and I got, I got some areas where like, okay, I'm going to be in Winnipeg. I'm going to friend there like smoking cigars. Get to town. Let's get the sticks going. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Just, just, just sitting down and bullshitting with a cigar uh no matter right. where you're at it's it's enjoyable so right but dan thank you so much uh I, I i can't tell you much tell you enough how much i appreciate it um you know any anytime anytime you want to uh anytime you want to talk anytime you're in town anything uh just let me know definitely will Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That's uh, Dan Palmer from Zebrahead, Death by Stereo. Um, I forgot the Slayer name. Uh, Die by the Swords, my Slayer tribute band. And Billy Bio. I play in Billy Bio as well. It's Billy from Biohazard. And the yeah. female Danzig Misfits? Yep. Tribute band, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's their name? Uh, it's, that's called Dirty Black Summer. Dirty Black Sun? Dirty Black Summer. Summer, summer. All right, yeah. my bad. So, all right, dude. Uh, thank you so much. I will send you all the links. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, um, Zebra has a new record coming out. Uh, it's going to be released March 8th. Uh, we're putting it out ourselves. It's called Brain Invaders. <clears throat> We've released a couple singles from it so far. We just released our new single um, a couple of days ago. And we're not, we're not all right. Not all right. It's got a new video for it. There's another video for all my friends and nobodies. So we got Zebra's got a couple new videos that just came out recently. New record March eighth, uh, March eighth. So you can check it out, stream it, whatever you want to do. The uh, the all my friends and nobodies video is fantastic. 
I, I definitely enjoyed oh. that. So that was Dan from Zebrahead, amongst other projects. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Uh, I definitely had a good time. Uh, I hope Dan did as well. Um, don't forget, check out the new album, uh, March 8th, Brain Invaders by Zebrahead. And don't forget to check out the webpage, theherfcast.com. Find me on social media. All the links will be in the description of the episode. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that crap. Uh, that's about it. Check out flatbedcigarcompany.com. Use the code HC25. And here is the song All My Friends Are Nobodies from the new album coming out March 8th on, by Zebrahead from the album Brain Invaders. Enjoy. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that.
And thanks again to Dan and Zebrahead for giving me permission to use the music.